Chris Shanafel, and we're going to dive into some of the best small school and under-the-radar prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft with one of the best so-called draft nicks you can find. Uh, you know him from half a dozen outlets or better. It's a pleasure to welcome onto the show a good friend of the show, Bill Carroll. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at bcarroll138 or... 11 Bravo 138, a must follow on Twitter. He's uh, what I like to call an encyclopedia of the game of football. And uh, Bill, it's uh, it's been well too long, my friend. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. How's it going this morning? It's fantastic. And now you have to come on my show sometime in the future because uh, you're one of my favorites as well. And we don't get to do this. Someday we're going to do a show together. That's my real dream. But let's do this one today. Let's do it, and let's dive right into it, Bill. I mean, uh, when talking small school prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft, um, there's two names that it starts with, it, and we're going we're to get to both of them. But let's start off by talking about the defensive side of the football with Kyle Duggar, the defensive two uh, safety standout of Lenore Ryan, uh, you know, the winner of the Cliff Harris Award, which is given to the best small school defensive prospect in the country there's been a lot of hype and rightfully so about about this prospect Kyle Duggar of Lenore Ryan their last player drafted out of that program was back in 2000 and uh, it seems like Kyle Duggar has a real good chance at being the next one he really impressed at the senior bowl he's got the NFL combine invite which will be a big hurdle for him uh it'll certainly uh either raise his uh draft stock or, or possibly hurt it. I don't see him doing too bad, though, in Indianapolis, Bill. Um, just give us your rundown on Kyle Duggar. When did he first pop onto your radar, and uh, how has he so far reached uh, these expectations of, um, you know, certainly it seems like he'll be a day two lock, but there's some there's some uh, there's some conversations that if he if he really dominates if he really performs well in Indianapolis that maybe he goes late round one. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I don't think he's going to go late round one for two reasons. One, he's seen as a safety slash, you know, money backer, some people have called, you know, dime backer, whatever. He's seen as a, a package player in a lot of ways. It's unlikely, no matter how well he does, that a D2 guy, even if he tests any, I think he will test for the roof, he's going to go in the first, uh, especially playing that position. If he were an elite level pass rusher or. You know, a someone thought on as a future starting quarterback, maybe he pushes his way towards that part. But I think he has a good shot to go in the first 50 or 60 prospects. Uh, if he blows it up at the combine, which I think he might. He's confident he can go over 40 inches in the vertical. He's confident he can run sub 4-4. Four, four. I don't know about sub 4-4, four, four, but he's going to run the low 4-4s. Four, he's going to look sort of like a, I'm going to say poor man. He's going to look like a working class man, Sean Taylor, in terms of testing. Uh, he is still a tad raw. He's been on my radar for a couple of years. So the year prior, I loved the Lenore Ryan wide receiver. I was watching him, and I kept noticing this gigantic face he had, uh, who was just running on, you know, knocking people out. And that's still the best part of his game. He's a striker. But he shows people, uh, while he was at the senior ball, that he can cover. Um, he's not in elite coverage safety, but he's good enough, and he'll get better. Yeah, yeah, well said. I mean, uh, again, he, he won the Cliff Harris Award, given to the top defensive player uh, in, in you know the the F or excuse me D two D three NAIA 
and uh, you know again really opened some eyes to the national media down in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Another player, another defensive back that was at the Senior Bowl that seemed to kind of open some eyes was the safety out of Southern Illinois, Jeremy Chin, Bill. Um, This is a guy that has been on the radar, at least he's been on my radar for the past couple of seasons, and he answered all questions as a senior, came back out with another big year, had four interceptions, led the Salukis in interceptions in a very talented defensive backfield. Um, Jeremy Chin is a guy that seems to really helped his stock in Mobile. He's another one of these guys that got the invite to the NFL Combine, and uh, you know all signs are pointing that he will test well. Your thoughts on the Southern Illinois Saluki, Jeremy Chin? So Jeremy Chin is even bigger, and mm-hmm. some people think he might end up being asked to put on 10 to 12 pounds to become an actual full-time will linebacker. I think he could do it. I think if you don't mind a guy being a true box safety, which I know the game is to some extent moving away from, but if you have the kind of scheme where you can afford to have a guy who's a real box safety, I think that's still the best position. But I, I don't know if you have. I've seen him play in person. And uh, he is a very impressive prospect in person. Uh, he, he looks like a quote-unquote SEC player. I mean, like there's nothing about when you watch him in person that says, this guy could not play at the top, top, top level of college football. He clearly has all the physical attributes. I don't think he's quite as explosively as a guy like Kyle Decker, who is a freak, freak athlete. I think he was the only G2 player who made, um, uh, Decker, was the only one who made uh, Bill Feldman's street list. I think he's the only G2 player on it, uh, and deservedly. Uh, but he's going to test well. He's going to test above average and everything, probably going to run in the mid to low four fives. He's probably going to probably be more like 34, 35 inches in the vertical, but still, you know, probably around 9, 11 to 10 five in the broads. I mean, enough. He'll be good enough at everything. And once again, the question about him to some extent is coverage. Again, we're chatting with Bill Carroll. You can follow him on Twitter at bcarroll138. Again, if you're a fan of small school football, if you're a fan of football in general, you have to follow Bill. And uh, like I, I like to call him the uh, football encyclopedia. I mean, you could uh, really rattle off any name. And uh, he'll have a, co- a conversation with you about that prospect or that player. Uh, moving on to the offensive side of the football, Bill, uh, you know, Dayton tight end Adam Troutman, um, seems like all season long he was on the NFL radar. I was able to watch him in person at Valparaiso where he uh, he had over 100 yards receiving. He had three receiving touchdowns. Uh, one of his plays was on SC Top 10. It was a sick one-handed grab in the end zone. And uh, this was a guy that um, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl really put on the radar of a lot of uh, people in the draft world. Once he put him on the uh, Senior Bowl watch list, a lot of people – uh, was really curious about this small school prospect, and uh, after his Senior Bowl appearance appearance in Mobile, Alabama, Adam Troutman kind of worked his way into the discussion of um, top three tight end in this class, possible lock. Um, some people I've seen have him rated as the number one uh, tight end in this class. Uh, certainly, um, you know, brings the size that you like. I know the Dayton website, um, although these websites you, you can't really uh, trust too often. They have him listed at 6'6". His, uh, I, I missed what his uh, weight was at at the Senior Bowl. But this is a guy that looks the part. 
Uh, obviously, he dominated the competition in the Pioneer Football League, which coming from that league, you, you almost have to do if you want to get some sort of shot at the next level. Um, and then he really answered a lot of questions about his blocking ability in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Adam Troutman, Bill, I mean, how, how quickly can he make an impact at, on an NFL team? I mean, the tight end position we've seen over the years, it, it could take some time to get used to uh, playing professionally. Well, and add to the fact that three years ago he was a quarterback. So right, right. <laughs> before we forget that part. So he's one of those guys, and it's funny, just last year we were talking about another pioneer league, super tall tight end, but uh, unfortunately he came in at like 227 or 228 when they weighed him. Trotman came in, I think, at 251. Don't quote me on that, but something like that, and he was weighed. So that helped him that he showed he had closer to an NFL body. Um, things that you notice about him, well, I mean, you notice his height, you notice his hands. He's improved year over year in blocking. He was really not much of a blocker at first, which, you know, is not a surprise. Once again, the guy was just recently converted from quarterback last year. He showed some growth, and this year he's, I mean, let's be honest, the bar has come down. I mean, we what we consider a good blocking tight end. I mean, Tony Gonzalez was a good or a terrible blocker in his day. If he were to come out now, we'd be like, eh, it's all right. We no longer expect Titans to block as well as they used to. So, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but people always talk about guys being bigger, stronger, faster. Well, the faster part, yes. Uh, but tight ends, in terms of testing at the combine, are trending down in terms of bench press reps, at least in part because they're different types. So the weight's about the same, but spread out differently. These guys aren't as bulky as they used to be. So you don't see Algie Crumpler running around out there anymore. So we now look at these guys who are basically giant wide receivers to some extent, or in this case, a converted quarterback. So like Jay Ramirezma, who was the guy I comped him to. I think he's a little more athletic than Jay Ramirezma was when he went to Michigan as a, as a quarterback and got converted to tight end. And last year, Michigan had a guy in the draft as a tight end who was converted uh, from quarterback to tight end, but I think he's better than both. He's not my number one tight end. He's my number four at the moment. I went to him the combine. Well, as you said, help or hurt. The big thing with him is when you come from the PFL, it is FCS, but it's non-scholarship FCS. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the bottom of the FCS. I don't know if you mean or anything. It's just factual that when big-time D1 kids come down, they're not going to, to the PFL, right? I mean, they're going to go to CAA. They're going to place where they, one, can get a scholarship, and two, they know they're going to see a higher-level competition. But he is – rare. He's a rare athlete at the PFL level, and if he has the combine he might have, he will submit himself in the first 100 players taken. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you as you mentioned, Adam Trotman, I mean, it's quite an incredible journey, starting out at quarterback, moving to the tight end position, and now solidifying himself as one of the top in his at his position in the 2020 NFL draft. Moving on to one of the true sleepers in the 2020 NFL draft bill. This is a guy that came on my radar uh, mid senior season for him. So uh, about October, late September. Uh, But yeah, I want to say early, early October, but Matt Cole, a local product here in Illinois from McKendree college, excuse me, McKendree university. Um, this is a guy that really stands out uh, in the tape that I was able to get my hands on. Not only at wide receiver, 
where he, he was a standout his senior season, 43 receptions, 940 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I mean, talk about uh, run after the catch. I mean, big uh, catch ability out of this small school wide receiver, um, but also had an impact on the return game. He had four kick returns for touchdowns uh, this past uh, in the past two seasons. Then as a gunner, which is another uh, fascination, I mean, this guy has racked up over 60 tackles on special teams in the past four years as a gunner at McKendree. Um, I was able to chat with him a couple of weeks ago. He's telling me he'll be disappointed if he doesn't run at least a 4-4-40 and puts up 20 to 25 reps in the bench press. Of course, 225 pounds on the bar. Um, I mean, on tape, he looks like he could have that freakish athlete ability. That'll certainly help his draft stock if he's able to do that at the Northwestern Pro Day, which he'll be attending, which is obviously a great opportunity for him coming from a smaller school in McKendry. Um, Matt Cole, are you familiar with him at all, Bill? And uh, what's your take on this uh, on this prospect that seems to really be flying under, under the radar? But this is a guy that I could certainly see um, possibly making a roster come opening day in September. Yeah, he should be in the fight to make a roster. Special teams will be everything for him. He will need to test well. Um, you don't get the benefit of the doubt when you come from McKendry. They're not going to say, oh, you know, but his tape was great. Like, they don't do that. They might do that with a kid at LSU if he test, tests poorly. But if you are from McKendree, you need to test in the top two percentile of your position group of all the guys they test. And you need to produce. And you need to have, you know, when they talk to you, you need to impress them. Like, everything has to go right. But he has a legitimate shot to be a priority and drafted free agent. There are lots of teams that can use guys who contribute immediately on special teams. And I think down the road he can actually see some time as a position player. But – his first couple years in the league are going to pretty much be all about specialty. Hands down. Hands down. And he was able to have an impact at McKendry at both kick, punt returner, and then, of course, as a gunner. A um, couple more topics, a couple more questions for you, Bill. Then we'll let you go. Again, he's Bill Carroll at bcarroll138 at 11bravo138 on Twitter. Great friend of the show, known Bill for years, and again, uh, you know this guy knows everything there is about the game of football and much more. So go ahead and give him a follow, um, Bill. Both winners of the uh, uh, of the big trophies at the D two and D three level, the Harlan Hill Trophy Award winner Roland Rivers the third quarterback out of Slippery Rock, and then the Gagliardi yeah. Trophy uh, Award winner Brock Rudder, quarterback out of North Central College. Uh, uh, again, one of these local products here in the state of Illinois. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Slippery Rock, Slippery Rock uh, lost in the D two. Uh, national championship game while North Central College actually won the D3 national championship game. Yep. Um, but still, I mean, they were still able to, to lead their teams to great seasons. One was on the losing end, one was on the, on the winning end. But these guys put up some freakish numbers uh, this past season that allowed them to uh, win their, their respective trophies. Roland Rivers the third over 4,400. Uh, 100 yards passing, 52 touchdowns, and then he was also uh, able to tag in 700 rushing yards for another nine more touchdowns. And then Brock Rudder rewrote the uh, record books in Division Three football. He, he's actually now the holder for um, career passing yards with over 14,000, uh, and he was able to tag in 56 passing touchdowns this past season at North Central College. They were both uh, players in the uh, resurrected Hula Bowl uh, college football all-star game played in Hawaii a few weeks back. Um, so these are both guys that are uh, at least preparing for the NFL draft. They're 
hoping to get a shot. They're working to get a shot uh, to play professionally. How do you view each of these two prospects um, when, when looking at their pro perspective uh, at the at the NFL level, maybe possibly the CFL level? Sure. Well, for a quick shout-out to, to Jim Nagy, as you mentioned earlier, who's doing a great job, and the senior bowl's in very good hands. I bothered him incessantly about Roman Rivers. Uh, I apologize, Jim, sorry. And I really thought, would have loved to have seen Roman Rivers at the Senior Bowl. I think he had deserved it, quite frankly. I think he would have been an exciting prospect. Uh, he is a guy who has a, has a body on him. I mean, he's something like six two and a half, about 229. He can move. His arm strength is well above average. Um, He's in an offense that's like a binary. There's a lot of this, this, or run kind of situations. And obviously everybody has a lot of uh, RPOs. So the reading defenses is not the best part of the game yet, and that was part of the undoing uh, that they had in that championship game. Is he saw some looks apparently that he wasn't used to seeing. But nonetheless, the tools are there. I really believe the tools are there. I think he could be – I'm thinking that he could be there for a backup. Uh, could he go up to Canada and have a nice run? Yes. Uh, could he end up in another league, XFL, indoors? Certainly could. But I truly believe he could be an, a solid NFL backup. I mean, Tavares Jackson was, to me, not a better prospect. And Tavares Jackson had something like an eight- or nine-year NFL run. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of echo your sentiments on Roland Rivers the third. He, uh, again, I mean, he actually started his career out at Valdosa State, another one of these top yep. Division II programs, and he was able to uh, transfer to Slippery Rock and really turn them into contenders and lead them to the national championship game. And, again, he, he was a, a participant in both the Hula Bowl and the College Gridiron Showcase and um, really looking forward to seeing what these next couple of months bring for him because, like you, Bill, I think there's a spot for him in the NFL. Obviously not as a day-one starter. He'll have to uh, earn his stripes, you know, earn his way to a start position, but there's certainly a job for him as a backup quarterback on one of these 32 NFL teams. Um, before well, we let you, you go... If you're a team looking for your, your budget, your budget piece of hell, he could be your, 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 your great value, your budget barrel piece of hell. He could do that. He could play a couple of different positions while you figure out what you can do with him. He has a, he's a, a thick, powerful guy. If he can run inside. I wouldn't have him do it 20 times a game, but he can run inside. He can take, I see him take on linebackers and survive. Some of them come, come, come out better than they did. But, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, maybe like a, a B.J. Daniels who um, started his career out as, as a quarterback and then uh, once that wasn't – really working out for him, went on to, to play for a couple teams at wide receiver, and um, now he's in the XFL uh, back at the quarterback position. But, Bill, uh, final topic before I let you go. Final question before sure. I let you go, I should say. I mean, um, again, you're, you're a guy that I see on Twitter. You're throwing these names out, and I know a lot of people are looking at him like, it, it, like who, who is this guy he's telling me to go watch at, a let's say, McKendree University or uh, you know Notre Dame College? I know you like the, uh, the defensive lineman, oh. Shahan Williams. Yeah. Sean Williams, speaking of, that's the other guy I kept driving. Jim, I apologize again. Jim, Mr. Nagy got driven crazy about two prospects at D2, and I thought they really were truly deserving. Sean Williams playing off and out of position. A lot of times they had him playing inside at three technique, but he's clearly a pass rusher. Uh, I would love to see how he would have matched up against the best of the best at the senior bowl, and yes, right, well, nervous, obviously. Um, can I put out a couple more quick names? Oh, please do. People should watch if they have it. 
Yeah, um, please do. I mean, James Madison is an absolute powerhouse, uh, and once again, programming great hands. They have a two really sort of undersized pass rushers who will probably have to move positions to to outside linebacker, John Daka uh, and Cameron Gillibert Wagner. And I think both will test well. John Daka is um, he's mean. I don't know, like he plays angry. He's not the biggest guy. I mean, he's really somewhat undersized. He's probably 221, 222, probably just a shade under under 6'1". But, I mean, look at, that's seen him rock guys who are 80, 90 pounds heavier back on their heels. Uh, he's not just a speed guy. He has surprising power for his size, and he's going to be a very pleasant surprise to whoever gets him. Like, thank, thank, if you go check him out, check him out, and thank me later. Cameron Gill has been putting up ridiculous numbers for a couple years at Wagner. And this year, he wasn't sneaking up on anybody. Everybody knew he was coming. They still couldn't stop him. Uh, he's another really fun player to watch. You wish he was 20 pounds heavier, but, I mean, heck, you can put 20 pounds on him, I would think, without as much trouble. But he's a, he's a player. Um, there's so many good defensive backs. Um, Manny Patterson, right, at, at, at Maine. That guy's going to play in the, in the NFL. You heard it from me first. He's going to play in the NFL. Um, at Carson Newman, right, Darius Williams. He's going to play. Um, hopefully the NFL, I mean, he's good enough to play in the NFL, but I, I hope he gets his shot. If he gets a shot, he'll be uncuttable. He's going to make himself impossible to cut. He'll find a way. He won't find a way, guys. Try to cut him, he won't let you. Um, <laughs> some, guys, some guys will just take no my answer. So many good D-backs. Uh, Mamadou and Bai, right? Mamadou and Bai is one of those kind of late bloomers, came to football late. Some team... If, if they can park him on the practice spot for a year, teach him how to do what they want him to do the way they want him to do it, he could probably play two or three different positions in your secondary. Terrific athlete. Jamari Booker. Ugh. Um, okay. Everyone's into the hybrids nowadays, the safety slash linebacker, the guy that's playing linebacker but really a safety or but can play some safety. Check out Keon Payne. Check out Keon Payne. Uh, he's going to test well when his pro day rolls around. Good size. Good football IQ, not afraid to, you know, as I say, he knows he's going to come here in second. Um, I have to quick dig up a guy from my, from my alma mater, uh, Bobby Price from North State. Bobby didn't have the year we thought he was going to have this year. Uh, battled through some nagging injuries. They used him slightly differently from the way he'd been used in the past. He was an all-HBCU guy last year. He was, you know, more like a second-team all-conference guy this year. But he's still a big safety with free kick athletic ability. Uh, a high, highly rated track guy, also in the MEAC, worth checking out. Octavius um, Smith, ETSU, speaking of programs back from the dead, uh, as you see, unfortunately, Eastern Washington is thinking about shutting it down. I'm always happy when programs like East Tennessee State bring programs back. Um, if you watch one player at East Tennessee State, one Buccaneer, check out Octavius Smith. Um, and then one last one, Darius Skinner uh, at Winston State on State University. So many good, and there's so many more. This is a tremendous small school defensive back class. There's going to be, write it down, somewhere between 8 and 12 non-SBS defensive backs who will find their way onto a roster or a practice squad. Write it down. 8 to 12. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think you mentioned him, but I know this is a guy that um, you were one of the first people on before the season, and he went on to have a, a great senior season and uh, won the Defensive Player of the Game Award at the East-West Shrine Game, and that's Luther Kirk of Il uh, Illinois yes. State. I know you're really big on him. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> big on Luther. Okay, so he's not going to test super, super well. That's the only thing that's, that, that's I think, going to hurt him. He's probably going to run four six one. But guess what? There are lots of states he's running four six one in the in the NFL. Um, he is an anticipator, right? Very high IQ. He can play strong. He can play free. He's big enough that he can cover tight ends and big wide receivers. He anticipates well. He's got a tremendous ball skills. He's going to find a way. He might even get. He might not get drafted because I don't think he's going to have the kind of. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope he has a ridiculously good when he tests. But he doesn't look like a freak athlete. But he looks like a guy who makes up for it by really knowing the game. I would. I'm planning to talk to him, and I'd love to pick his brain. Because he looks like a guy who really understands the game at a very high level. There's a place in the NFL for Luther Cook. I, Kirk, I promise you, he will find a way. He's a guy that probably cut a few times, got on the practice squad, might play a little bit in other leagues, fight his way back into the league, and eventually, might take him four years, but eventually become a starter. Who are some guys on the offensive side of the ball coming from smaller schools that uh, you'd like to kind of uh, put on the radar of those listening? I thought you'd never ask. Um, <laughs> no, I knew you would. So the quarterback class is actually quite interesting. Kevin Davidson has really gotten some love. There's a couple of decent Ivy League quarterbacks, but he's probably the best of them. Uh, good size, strong arm. I mean, do I have to say smart kid? Do we have to even say that? Uh, <laughs> kind of goes without saying, obviously. But – He's a developmental guy. You know, he'll have to be parked somewhere and, and grow up into it, but he has it. I think he ha- I mean, this is why we need really a developmental league. That's for another show, another rant. Um, there's a bunch of good wide receivers so many out of time. Uh, I'll get into with a couple of different types. I'll get you with a couple of different types of receivers. So the quote-unquote classic patriot, right, uh, Kidney Michael Bandy at USD is all that stuff. You think of when you think of, like, the Patriots wide receiver, Amadola, whoever, yeah, he's 5'10". Yeah, he's 190. Yeah, he's going to run probably, I don't know, 4'6'3". But, but, maybe 4'5'5". Five, five. He might, I think, I mean, he might be quicker than I think. But, he cut you up. If you're playing zone, he's going to hurt you. He reads defenses like a quarterback. Tough as nails. You can hit him with a 2 by 4 He's not going to drop the football. Great hand. Amazing concentration. Um, he has a place somewhere in the NFL. Promise you. Promise you. Uh, let's see. So many good wide receivers here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want to leave any of them out, but I have to. Okay, Juwan Green. Okay. Um, Albany has not exactly been a football powerhouse, but I promise you, throw on an Albany tape. I'm going to tell you which guy he is. You'll, know, you'll find him right away. I promise you will not take long. Oh, that must be him. Uh, he's good, and he's going to test well. He's a guy who, who has the talent to have played at a larger institution. Um, I'll have to. I'll, I'm planning to interview him next week, and I'll find out how he ended up there. But he's good enough. He is good enough to have played. I don't know. Pick a place, wherever, anywhere. Uh, okay, another quarterback, Chase Forcade, who, for those who are old enough, remember John Forcade. That is his nephew. Uh, John Forcade was a, a record-setting quarterback back in his back in his days, and Chase is a, a, a record-setter at Nickel State. Uh, smallish, you know, probably right around six feet, probably right around two hundred. But quick-footed, quick-minded, can hurt you a little bit. He's not a great runner, but really like how he handles pressure. Like, that's really how I – when I have a tie at quarterback, I can go back and see how they handle blitzes and getting hit. He handles that. He handles getting blitzed. He handles when somebody smacks him around a little bit. 
He just comes back for more. Tough kid, despite not being the biggest kid in the world. Uh, lots of like there. Uh, I can probably give you maybe one or two more, though there's many more I'd love to give you. Okay, Southeast Missouri State, this is more of a big body receiver. Christian Wilkerson is an NFL player. He is going to play in the NFL. He's going to be somebody's wide receiver four or five right away. He's going to push some veteran for a job within a couple of years, and I think he eventually will turn himself to a starter. There's a lot there. I'm a big, big fan. Um, who else can I throw out there before? Um, if you're kind of looking for the next, uh, the next, right? Uh, so we just saw the sort of amazing story of um, uh, Raheem Mostert, right? Cut seven times. Uh, a guy who just refused. What is the best refusing no for an answer? I think there's a couple of running backs out there that are the same type. They're seen as sort of a undersized but super fast. They've got stuff to work with. You know, the level put it. Um, if you like that kind of guy, um, uh, Demonia Tucker, right? He's not the biggest cat in the world, but I've seen him, you know, run through arm tackles, and he's got speed. Now, I don't know if it's quite Raheem Mostert's speed. That, that's rare. But Demonia Tucker has enough speed. I, will, I'll be, I won't be shocked if he runs in the, in the high 4-4s. Four if he's 4-4-8, four, four, that, that's probably what I'm, about what I'm seeing on tape. Uh, please check him out. Prairie View A&M, which used to be a really terrible program, is really turning around. If there's one more guy you want to throw at me, I'll, I'll be willing to discuss him, but i got to run in like yep. one or two minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Tucker, uh, he was uh, the MVP of the HBCU game, all-star game that they had yep. uh, last month. And then another HBCU guy I like is Elijah Bell, wide receiver from North Carolina A&T. But, Bill, uh, we're going to let you get yep. out of here, man. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate the great insight uh, you spent here on the show. And uh, as always, I really appreciate it. Um, before I let you go, please let the listeners know where they can check out your work at. Sure. So I am in the process of putting out, um, I, you know, I'm working on some things, but I'm going to put out my article on guys that aren't at the combine, but I think should have been at the combine, and sort of projecting on how I think they will test. So that'll pop up on Nuts and Bolt Sports in the next probably two or three days. Time to happen a little before the combine, so it should drop probably right before then. I'm working on a bunch of interviews from what's called my Blue Light Specials. Um, those are guys that, some of the guys we talked about today, and some, and many, many more, that are guys that I, I, I probably will not be drafted. Guys who will go in what I call the eighth round, uh, but I think have a chance to make an, a roster somewhere. That'll start dropping in the next week or so. And you can find me always, you said, at capital B, capital C, A-double-R-O-double-R-138, which is sort of my semi-backup account. And the old G original account is my at 11. That's the word E-L-E-V-E-N-B-R-A-V-O-138, not the number 11. But, yes, you can find me there. Um, I'm contributing to NFL Draft Bibles. Uh, shout out to NFL Draft Bible, Rick Saratella, Matt Bunch, the best, the best, the best of the bestest. And like I said, I also, uh, as you said, for two more problems as well. Uh, last thing, the NFL Mock Draft Palooza that we do every year, um, we'll probably still do a radio show, but we're, all, we're doing it in partnership this year with uh, uh, Nuts and Bolts Sports. So there will actually be a written article version of it where we will do an actual, uh, we'll have 16 GMs, uh, and they'll write up their player they, they picked, why they picked them, and things like that, and that'll drop, once again, the week prior to the NFL draft in Nuts and Bolts Sports. Uh, that's it. <laughs> 
Looking forward to checking it all out, Bill. Really appreciate it. And again, uh, thanks for your time. Hope to do it again very soon. I'm sure we'll chat another couple of times before the draft. And have a great weekend, man. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And like I said, guys, look you on my show coming up soon. I'm feeling the draft, okay? Hey, deal. Yeah, take care.